a mom's diet is a reflection of her love for herself and for her family. Being healthy as a parent is priceless. And what you eat matters to the health of both you and your family. Your kids are seeing your habits, your kids are seeing what you eat, you know? And so I think it's important. Hi, I'm Brooke Raybould. I'm a high achieving mama with a Georgetown MBA who said no to the corporate world and yes to herself. Trained by two of the top business schools in the country, I fell in love with entrepreneurship and embarked on the biggest startup of my life, my family. Drowning in diapers and laundry, I bootstrapped my way to building a six-figure online business where I was paid to be myself. And now, I'm on a mission to help women ditch the mom memes and build the life they were created for. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom looking to optimize your routines and carve out a little something for yourself, or the savvy woman wanting to do it all, I will break down the systems and strategies that help busy moms get big results. Step on into my stay-at-home office and welcome to the At Home Startup Podcast. Today, I want to talk about something that I get asked regularly on my Instagram platform. As many of you know, I run an Instagram platform at Brooke Raybold. I have about 280,000 followers and I am regularly fielding questions, mostly from moms, from women, uh, wondering, you know, what it is, you know, that I'm doing with my kids, you know, why I'm doing certain things this way. How do you do this? But one of the most popular questions that I get asked is, what do you eat in a day? What are you having for breakfast? What do you like to have for breakfast? Why do you have that for breakfast? Why are you eating that salad at night? Can I have that recipe for that salad? Are you keto? You know, why don't you eat bread? All of these questions, you know, I get asked regularly. And I'd say personally, I'm interested in what other people eat. When you see someone, you admire someone, you know that they're in tune with their body and their lifestyle, you want to know what it is that they do and why. And so on today's episode, I want to break down my eating strategy. Now, I'm going to put a disclaimer on this episode and say that there are so many different ways to eat food. There are so many different diet philosophies. And if you've been in the food world and studied some of these philosophies, you know that some of them are conflicting. Some of the research is saying, you know, that a vegan diet is the way. Some of the research is saying that eating meat is really good, the Mediterranean diet and all of this stuff. So I personally am well aware that there is so much information out there when it comes to food and diet. The disclaimer here is this is what works for me. This is my story. This has to do with my experience with food and what works for me as a busy mom that also helps me get results. Now, I have a download if you're interested in the specifics of everything I'm talking about today. I'm actually kind of glancing through it, um, reading through some of the highlights as I'm going through this episode. But if you're interested in getting the full download with all of the information, all of my philosophies, my story, 
recipes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you can go to the show notes and I'll include a link there. It is called Eat With Me. I took a lot of time to go through kind of like what my story is, what my philosophy is. And again, put the top recipes in there. So let's start. What is my goal with food? Number one, I want food to provide energy for me during the day. So I am a big energy fanatic. If you you know me, you know I'm big on my my morning routine and I do that because I want peak energy throughout the day. There's nothing worse than going about your day feeling tired. I went through certain periods of my life where I felt tired and I hate that feeling. And so I try to, you know, this is where my control variables come in. I try to control certain elements of my day so that I can operate at peak energy. So when it comes to my food, that is no different. So I'll get into this in a second. But when you think about when you have the most control over your food, to me, that's in the morning and at lunch. And if I can have more control over those meals, I feel good about then relaxing that control at night when I'm eating with my family because life calls for discipline and life calls for being a little bit rigid. I think that's a good thing. But when you allow control to take over your life, that's a bad thing. You can't be like so disciplined. And I ran into this with eating that then your discipline turns into like an obsession and you then teeter on the lines of like perfectionism. Like when it comes to food, like you can't be so perfect with it. That is a huge lesson that I've learned. But back to my point, providing energy for the day. That is the first thing. Okay. Point number two. I want my food to allow me to connect with family at night. So again, these two points are kind of like what make up how I eat. One, provide energy during the day. So again, those are the meals that as a mom, I have more control over. I'm not eating with the family, so I can really control what it is I eat. And then to allow me to connect with family at night. This is where that guard is let down and I'm a little bit more flexible with what I eat, although I try to keep it healthy for our family because I want to instill good habits you know, in our family. But I'm not so rigid, even with my family, which you'll see when I get to some of the recipes. So how does that translate into everyday life? Again, lighter, healthier meals that can be controlled during the day and then a more relaxed, family-friendly meal at night. But I get it. Sometimes it's not that simple, right? You're like, wait, okay, what does that mean? Lighter, healthier meals, I'll get into all of this. What does it mean to do like a family-friendly meal at night? That's kind of obvious. But I do want to get into my backstory so you have a little bit more perspective on why I eat the way that I do. Because maybe you're sitting here, you know, listening, being like, oh, Brooke, like you need to eat this way. Like this is so much healthier to do it this way. Or maybe you're thinking like, wow, like that's too much for me. Like I don't even like to think about what I eat. So my backstory is that I 
let's see, was a freshman in high school. And my parents, who no fault to them whatsoever, had heard about the Atkins diet like everybody did. It was like the Atkins diet, low carb, everything. And so as a freshman who we had gone with my parents on a European vacation. So we went to you know, Paris. And of course, we're eating like croissants and pasta. And I had pretty much been around 130 pounds. Like, you know, once I peaked out with my growth spurt, like a, a healthy 130 pounds as a five, six female. When we got back from that trip, I don't know, maybe I had put on a little bit of weight and I, I felt it a little bit. And then, you know, you go to school and you kind of hear the chatter and stuff like that. And and it wasn't even really about that. But personally, I wanted to kind of lean down. You know, we were in the whole Kate Moss era that skinny was better. And here I see my parents doing this Atkins diet. I tried to make my lunch like normal and like healthy and I didn't see results. And again, if you know me, I'm like obsessively keen on shortcutting things in life. So I'm like, okay, I'm eating this healthy lunch, but literally I know how my clothes are fitting and nothing is happening. So I started doing the Atkins diet. And then because I'm a control freak, and again, this is my personality, I took it to an extreme. So it was a little bit of anorexia, which um, if you're not familiar with anorexia, that's like where you, you limit your calories pretty extremely. So I fell into anorexia and low carb. So I was like not eating that much and I was like eating zero carbs. And so obviously if you're not eating and your calories are restricted, you are going to drop weight. And so I was happy, but unfortunately that turned into a horrible eating disorder. So me getting to enjoy being 110 pounds, which for my frame, and we'll get into body types in a second, it was not healthy. Maybe you're sitting there being like, oh, five, six, 110. Like that's actually not too bad. For my body type, I am bigger boned. I am a little bit curvier, more of like an athletic build. 110, I look like a skeleton and I did. And so then my body rebounded. And after having worked with a nutritionist, which I'll get to her philosophy in a second, she described it as like a coil. If you go through anorexia, you're kind of like coiling your brain. You keep like coiling, 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 restricting. And that restriction coils so much. And this is where it gets into that too much discipline, too much control is not good. And then the the coil unspirals. And when the coil unspirals, after you keep restricting, 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 then it leads to like binge eating. And that's exactly what happened to me. So as you're restricting, you can only restrict for so long until your body is just like, I'm in starvation mode. And then you have a bite of maybe really good tasting food and you can't stop eating it. So not only did I first like lose way too much weight and look like Skeletor, then what happens is your body uncoils and that led to overeating and weight gain. And so it was this yo-yo effect for four years. Oh, it was so heartbreaking because when you're going through something like that, food is really like the only thing you can think about. And so when many of my friends were in, I was always a good student 
always a good athlete. And many of the things that I was good at in life just fell apart. Um, And I got into some bad things in school. And a lot of it was because of this eating situation. So I literally had to rewire my brain to learn that food should be associated with health and energy rather than weight loss. So at the time, I mean, it was crazy. I had to work with a therapist, a psychiatrist, and then a nutritionist all together. And really, it just took me time to get out of this yo-yo back and forth. And it was very detrimental. So if you've gone through that, I have a heart for you. And even if you haven't, um, but maybe you're you're wanting to lose weight, like the mindset behind all of this to me is really important um, because food is something that you have to deal with. It's not like it's even like something like alcohol or a drug or something where you can like get rid of it in your house. In food, you can do that, right? Which is actually kind of part of some of my strategy, not entirely, but sometimes I'm like, okay, if we keep the sweets out of the house, like you won't think about it, which in part is true. But generally with food, especially if you have kids, like you're going to have food around. And for people that are struggling with that psychological aspect of, you know, wanting to get to a certain place or have a healthy relationship with food, it can be hard because the temptations are around, like restaurants are around us, like all of these. So it's like, how do we then rewire our brains to be able to better handle food? And I went through this entire journey of having to do that. And so if you are going through that right now, I just want to say that it has less to do with the food itself and more to do with the rewiring of your brain. And I remember having this feeling when I was going through, you know, the eating disorder stuff. Like I always felt behind when it came to food. I don't know if that resonates with anyone. Like I always felt like like food was going to be this battle that I always faced. Like the temptation of the cupcake sitting there always was this like big thing. And I remember praying being like, I just pray that one day I'll look at food and it won't be this big deal. Like I just prayed so hard for this healthy relationship with food. And I'm so grateful to say that I have it today. People, I've shared my struggle with an eating disorder and people have come to me and said that, you know, once you have an eating disorder, you know, you always have an eating disorder. Once you have this, like you always have like struggle with that. And I'm here to say that I understand that you need to be aware that you have, I'd argue that it's more of a personality. You have more of a obsessive perfectionistic personality, but I'm here to say like on this microphone that I have a wonderful relationship with food. I don't struggle with any type of eating disorder for the last uh, 15 years. I've had a very healthy relationship with food, and I believe that it keeps getting healthier. And I also have a healthy respect that going too much in one direction with food can turn into a bad thing. So I definitely keep that in mind. So Along this journey, I had mentioned I worked with a nutritionist. Her name was Evelyn Triboli. She's a registered dietitian, MSRDN. So I hope I'm getting her credentials right. So she had a counseling practice in Irvine, California, and she specialized in eating disorders. Her practice was called Intuitive Eating, and she also wrote a book 
called intuitive eating. And her philosophy is just that like eating should be intuitive. Like it shouldn't be this like algebraic equation that we're trying to like, even when I see people with like the macros, maybe that's fun for them. But for someone like me, if I start counting calories or macros, it puts me into a really healthy mindset. Like I said, I have a healthy relationship with food. So like why go into a state where it makes it obsessive? But her philosophy was intuitive eating. So let's go into some of the principles that I love that she shares. And the book is wonderful. I can link that in the show notes as well. It's a very balanced, intuitive approach to food. So number one is reject the diet mentality. So I talked about Atkins diet. You know, there's so many diets that we come into contact with, especially in American like Western culture. That's what landed me in eating disorder territory in the first place. And if you have one of those like more perfectionistic, like a little bit more obsessive, addictive personalities, like, man, I would steer clear from diets. Yes. Like read about certain ways of eating that might resonate with you, but any sort of like diet where you're restricting yourself or counting a certain food as off limits completely, especially when it's something that you enjoy. Like, I just don't think that that is the way and neither does Evelyn Trimoli. So reject diet mentality, reject diet culture and embrace intuitive eating. Number two is honoring your hunger. So honor your hunger. If you're hungry, eat. Like listen to your body. Intuitive eating is all about listening to your body. I am so in tune with my hunger cues and it's so wonderful because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. I need to eat. While I'm eating, I am so aware when my stomach gets full. And that has been the key to allowing me to lose weight. I feel like after I have a baby, because I'm like, if we're out, I'll indulge in something delicious. But man, if I'm full, I'm going to stop because I know that the more I keep eating, like I can always have a good meal tomorrow. Like I don't have to stuff myself full. Number three, make peace with food. Food is meant to work for you and your lifestyle, not the other way around. Intuitive eating states that, this is from the book, if you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation that build into uncontrollable cravings and often binging. So I talked about this earlier, what happened to me when I cut out the carbs, I was restricting everything, and then I binged. So anytime you're cutting out and being like, I can't have that. I can't have that cupcake because I'm trying to be good. That's when I feel like trouble looms. You're meant to be friends with food. Like You're meant to have a positive relationship with food. If you see the cupcake, have a bite. Honor your hunger though. Know that uh, if I eat this, you know, half of this or a whole thing of this, is that going to make me feel good to me? No. So make peace with food. No food is off limits. Number four, Challenge the food police. The food police is when you deem yourself as, quote, good for eating a certain way and bad for eating another day. So maybe Monday comes around and you're like, I'm going to be good. And you have, you know, your green smoothie in the morning, you have your salad for lunch. And then at night, you know, you get crumble cookies for your son's birthday and you have a cookie. 
And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've ruined my diet. Again, this is the psychology behind it that I used to be in. And if you're listening to this, like, it's not good when you're policing what's good and bad. To me, it's like everything is allowed. Honor how a certain food makes you feel and just moderate the things that aren't necessarily like life-giving and energizing, aka the crumble cookie isn't necessarily life-giving and it'll hurt my stomach if I eat too much, but I'm not a bad person because I had a few bites of the, the cookie. So quoted from the book says, the food police monitor the unreasonable rules that diet culture has created. So in order to have a healthy relationship with food, you must put an end to being a little policeman when it comes to food. Number five, discover the satisfaction factor. And this is from the Japanese. They understand the satisfaction factor while eating food. So food is meant to be enjoyed and we should create a culture and lifestyle that allows us to enjoy food. Like, I don't know about you, but I actually like food. Like I like going to dinner on a date night. I like going out with the kids. I do like food. And I think that it's a healthy thing for us to enjoy it and like it and be able to be around it and not have this weird tension with it. Diet culture forces us to do the opposite, right? So when you go out to a restaurant, it no longer is fun when you're on a diet because you're like, I can't even eat anything good here. So now it's not fun. Like, I don't think life is supposed to be like that. I think we should be able to enjoy it. Sure, there has to be a little bit of discipline in there because we can't just go eat, you know, pasta at a restaurant every single meal. But like when the opportunity comes, like, hey, I think it's fine. Number six, feel your fullness. So again, this comes back to intuitive eating and also that no food is off limits. So you can eat every single food that you want in moderation because it promotes this idea that you trust your body. When you don't trust your body, you don't allow yourself to have a bite of the cupcake because you're like, I'm going to eat the whole thing. You're not listening to your hunger cues then. If you're listening to your hunger cues, you'll make sure that you eat something that's a little bit more you know, hearty and healthy and then give yourself that bite of the cupcake and then you'll be full. You'll honor that. And I remember working with Evelyn and she had me do this exercise where you close your eyes and she gave me a raisin and it was like, like, how does it taste? Like, how does it make you feel? I think when we're really in tune with those parts of our body, that's when we have better control over, you know, what it is that we're eating and how that impacts our lives. So feel your fullness. Number seven, cope with your emotions with kindness. So a lot of people, especially I'd say moms, it gets to the end of the day and someone messaged me. She was like, how do you not do the late night snacking? And I get it. It's like we're dealing with a lot throughout the whole day and your kids might go down and maybe that's the time where you're like your emotions are at an all time high and just sitting there snacking on, you know, all these late night things makes you feel better. But I remember having a podcast guest on and she said something really interesting to me. It was about alcohol consumption. And she said, what you consume today is how your tomorrow is going to be. So if you're really trying to be kind to yourself, like if you sit there and eat all this junk food, personally, that makes me feel so bad the next day because I know that I have to get up and work out. That's part of my morning routine. It makes me feel good. And so I have the accountability that I'm going to have to go run two miles the next day. So if I've loaded myself with junk, 
I'm going to feel so bad in the morning. So I am aware that like, you know, we do have to be a little bit forward thinking, you know, what are you eating tonight? And that's going to be your tomorrow. So when you're thinking about like coping with your emotions, I think we need to figure out ways. And I've shared this on certain episodes is like, how are you coping with motherhood? Maybe instead of doing the food thing at night, I cope with a morning routine. My control variable is morning routine. It's like, that's what helps me cope as a mom. And so you need to think to yourself, like, is this a short-term fix? And what would help me better find a longer-term solution? Number eight, accepting your body. This is a huge one for women. The reason why I think I went into eating disorder territory is because at the time, all of those skinny models were the thing. And I wanted my body type wasn't that. Fortunately, we're blessed with our body types. And the older I get, the more I feel like you start to honor the body type that you have, right? Like maybe you aren't built the way that your friend is. And like, that's okay. Like, how is your body built? And you need to honor that and not constantly be trying to be a body type that you're just not. So accept your body. Number nine, movement. Feel the difference. Forget exercising for vanity and remember how good you feel after you exercise. This is a huge thing for me. After I changed my mindset around exercising, and I used to exercise because I want to get skinnier, I want to lose weight, to, oh my gosh, exercising makes me feel so good. I now cannot live without it. Focusing on how you feel rather than how you look will change the game. It's just plain and simple. Like exercising is healthy for you. It is so good for your mind. Number one, it is so good for your body. Try to disassociate exercise from weight loss and it will change the game. Number 10, honor your health, gentle nutrition. So gentle nutrition encourages us to be kind to ourselves when it comes to eating. Eating isn't a rigid routine, as I said, that must be followed at all costs. Instead, Eating is a gentle approach to food that takes a long-term approach to a diet lifestyle rather than a short-term diet fix. So when people ask, how did I lose the weight after I had the babies? It's a long-term plan that I have for myself, and it's a way of life the way that I eat. It's not like I did this hardcore diet, although you know I, I will share some options for some people that are temporary. Any sort of diet, I feel like there can be things, this is kind of a tangent, but I ended up doing this postpartum slim down program that actually helped me immensely to kickstart that weight loss after my second son because my body was stuck. I understand that, but using a diet any longer than like, I don't know, like a, I feel like if you're doing a little like burst, that that's like, okay. But my strategy, I know I'm kind of like digging myself into a hole here, but my strategy is always long-term. It's like, this is just the way that I do eating. And that's why I get results, if that makes sense. So honor your health, gentle nutrition. If someone approached you and said, if you implement this system every morning, I will guarantee that you will have an amazing day. Would you do it? I'm sure in your head, you're probably thinking, well, it depends. But what if it was something that was doable? What if it was something that was manageable and it would ensure an entirely different outcome 
for the state of your life, a positive outcome, a controlled outcome, a relaxed outcome, an empowered outcome. So as many of you know, I struggled with postpartum depression after my second son was born. And to be honest, my life as a mom, as a person felt like it was spiraling out of control. I ended up in the emergency room and I questioned whether or not I would get out or not. And at that moment, I promised myself that if I did, I would do things differently. And what came as a result of that promise to myself is a morning routine that I call control variables. Control variables is a five-step program that includes tasks that you need to complete in a condensed period of time. I have created an outline, a PDF download that goes through the entire system and how to implement it in your life that promises, if not guarantees, a better outcome for your day. James Clear, author of Atomic Habits says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Your goal is your desired outcome. Your system is the collection of daily habits that will get you there. My control variables download is the system and the daily habits that have gotten me to the state in which I'm living today. And I'm so proud of the state of my life. So I encourage you to check it out. The download is $25. I have a $5 discount when you use the code CV discount. So check in the show notes, tap the link and you will get the control variables PDF download straight to your email. Okay. So those are the 10 intuitive eating principles that I feel like sum it up really well. Again, back to the formula that I use. So it's lighter, healthier meals during the day, again, to provide that energy rich morning and day things that I can control meals that I'm eating on my own. And then I do do a bit heavier, more enjoyable meal at night. And you might be thinking, but what? Like that's totally backwards. Everyone says that you need to have a health, like a bigger, healthy breakfast in the morning and then, you know, lighten it off as the day carries on. Or I've heard that lunch should be your biggest meal of the day. Breakfast should be your biggest meal of the day. My body doesn't do well with a big breakfast. And so I think you need to ask yourself, do you feel good after you have a big breakfast? I personally feel like trash. I feel tired. It robs me of my energy. I like to eat a light breakfast and a light lunch because I am active during the morning and the day. When I'm eating things, I'm always thinking like, will I be able to sustain my energy level after I have this? So when I get up in the morning, it's like, okay, I feel good. This is my control variables routine. I work out on an empty stomach. I do have my AG1 and then I'm feeling great. And then mentally I'm asking myself when I go to breakfast, I'm like, what will continue to make me feel good? Because I'm feeling like a million bucks right now. So anything I eat at that point has to help me rather than hurt me. And same, if I do a good breakfast, man, like, when I roll into lunch and I'm hungry again, same thing. By the time the afternoon hits, as we all know, that's when I personally, and it makes sense because if you're going with your cortisol levels, your cortisol is the highest in the morning. And Dr. Huberman talks about this as well. 
your limbic friction is the lowest. That means your resistance to getting something done. That's why I work out first thing in the, in the morning. That's why my meal is healthiest in the morning. Like my resistance is low and I want to be healthy. Like why would I bombard my body with a heavy meal when I can just have something light and good and I still feel good? Same with lunch. Like I feel like I'm riding my cortisol levels when it comes to energy, but then your cortisol levels start to taper off right in the afternoon. And then obviously at night, that's when we're supposed to wind our bodies down for sleep. If I had like a light meal again, in my opinion, my energy would continue to go. That's why I prioritize a little bit heavier meal at night. I'm like, I am my body shutting down. We're shutting down for the night. I can relax, I can indulge, not overindulge in anything like necessarily unhealthy, but I can have a bigger meal with the family and be more lax about it. So that's my strategy. So let's dive into breakfast. So again, I already talked about this, but I did want to share a quote from Kimberly Snyder. So again, I'm all about protecting and conserving my energy for peak performance until I get to dinner at night. Celebrity dietitian Kimberly Snyder suggests that counterintuitive to what people think, she says that eating a breakfast later in the morning reduces your caloric intake throughout the day and busts the myth that you might make up or overeat those calories at night. Have you ever heard that? If people are like, you skip breakfast, you're going to overeat later in the day. Kimberly Snyder, celebrity dietitian, I've read her book, The Beauty Detox, this fact stuck out to me because in my mind, I was like, that makes so much sense when I have like a lighter breakfast or if I eat breakfast later and I don't want to say skip breakfast, but I actually don't eat breakfast right when I wake up, I push it because I feel like if I eat first thing in the morning, I continue eating more throughout the day. So if I push my breakfast, she says to push it until you feel that first hunger cue. And she talks about this in the beauty detox. She says that if you've conditioned your body to eat first thing in the morning, sure, it's going to be hungry first thing in the morning. You're going to have to take a little bit of time to reset that clock, that hunger clock. And I'm pretty sure in the book, I don't want to misquote her, but I think she says eating around 10 And she noticed that if she ate around 10, she didn't make up those calories later. She actually maintained the same amount of calories and she actually ate less. So I noticed that to be true. I'm like, if I push breakfast, so I do my workout, I kind of get the kids ready. And if I push my breakfast to around like anywhere from nine to 10, I am not as hungry. And so why wouldn't I follow that natural hunger cue? Like, why would I force myself to eat a breakfast in the morning that, in my opinion, kind of throws me off for the day? Again, if it's working for you, stick with it. I'm just sharing what works for me at this point in my life. So what do I actually have? So first thing in the morning, I'll have AG1. I want to get that nutritional drink in. If you haven't listened to my control variables episode, definitely go back and listen to that. And it talks about the significance of why I have AG1. It's a comprehensive nutritional drink that I mix water, the powder, and I chug it. Then I do my workout. So again, then I'm feeling like a million bucks. And then my breakfast, I'll wait. I'll get myself ready. I'll do my whole control variables routine, get the kids organized. Then I'll think about breakfast when I'm hungry. Okay. So to the side of me, I have a smoothie with, um, usually I put almond milk in it, the factor protein. I'll do some sort of protein. I like the Flav City protein, Arbonne protein, berries, 
And sometimes I'll do a little bit of frozen banana. I try to be careful about the, again, it's all intuitive, like eating a lot of banana in my smoothie. I know that banana is not good for my waistline. So I'm just intuitive about those things. I'm not obsessive. If I want a banana, like I'll do half a banana and I'll freeze it and it's good. So I have my smoothie next to me. Also do sometimes like a little cup of oatmeal with peanut butter, a little bit of banana in it. I try not to do like a ton of processed foods, but inevitably, like if I'm going to use a processed food in the morning, I do go for lower carb foods. To me, again, it's all about what works for your body. My body does better on a lower carb situation. So I'll do like a Catalina crunch with almond milk and peanut butter, a keto nut granola from Costco. Oatmeal is a carbohydrate. I'll have some fruit even. So fruit is okay, but I try to stay away from like bread or processed cereal or anything like that. Okay. So lunch. Lunch is similar to breakfast. So my breakfast is light. So usually I get hungry for lunch like sooner than later. So between 12 and 1, I'm ready for lunch. So that's even sometimes two hours later, which is fine. I'm honoring my hunger. Like if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. So again, lighter meal to maximize energy. I still have the rest of the day with my kids. So I'm not going to sit down and have a heavy meal. People, the million dollar question, are you keto? Do you eat carbs? The answer for me personally is, I do eat carbs, but I pick and choose my carbs wisely. So if I'm going to do for lunch, like a, will just have a bowl of tuna and relish with veganaise mayo. And again, I'm reading these all in the eat with me document. So I'll forego the bread or the tortilla. You know, I remember when I was pregnant with Quaid, I'd have an open face. So that's like one slice of bread that's what my body wanted. So I honor that. I do like sourdough bread almost every day with like turkey and veganese and avocado. So like either an open face, but I never do two slices of bread. My body just doesn't need it. I'm getting older. Like, so I'm just smart about it. So moral of the story with lunch is you have a lot of your day left to chase around those kids. So you don't want to throw away your good energy on a bad meal. I always remember that. I'm like, why would I have something so heavy when it'll just make me feel tired? And then I'll be upset because I'll want to have energy for the rest of the day. So turkey wrap, I do a lot of like turkey meat where I wrap it in avocado and I'll do Swiss cheese with it. And I love my vegan mayo called Veganaise tuna salad with um, sometimes I'll have like gluten-free crackers with it, egg salad, ham, like lots of deli meat. I'll, I will do like Siete tortillas. I have right next to me cut the carb as the brand tortillas. Anyway, okay, dinner. So, dinner is the different meal for me mentally because I'm like, okay, Brooke, you've controlled what you can control diet wise. And I say diet not in restrictive, in a restrictive way, but in a diet, this is what I eat. So, you've, you know, felt good and energized the whole day, ate healthy. Dinner is a time where you can, and I put some of the benefits of eating together as a family, an opportunity to connect after a busy day, promotes family dialogue, instills healthy eating habits for yourself and your kids, allows children to partake in chores, either food making or kitchen cleaning, and then reinforces the strength of the family unit. So that's why we try to eat together as much as possible. So again, it may seem backward, but I eat my heavier meal at night. I don't overeat. So this isn't like a starve yourself during the day and then you can binge at night. This is a 
I've maintained a healthy, sensible diet that has fueled my body and energized me throughout the day. Then when it comes to dinner, I'm happy to have a little bit heavier of a meal because I'm about to go to bed. So this is where I let go of, you know, more of that control. I make it about my family and, you know, eating a healthy, balanced meals together. So some nights it'll have a carbohydrate like a potato or bonza pasta, um, which is a chickpea pasta substitute. I found really good substitutes for higher carbohydrate foods. It's not because I necessarily don't want to eat them, but if there's a healthier alternative, like why not have it? Bonza pasta is a great healthier alternative. I have in this eat with me document several recipe ideas. Ryan and I do a lot of salads with good dressing and then we'll put a protein on it. And those are the nights where some of the sometimes the kids will have the protein. They don't often have the salad, but I'll do something else for them. So I try to modify like that where we'll all have the same protein. Ryan and I all have the salad and the kids get, you know, fruits and vegetables. I have my baked tacos on here, which I try to use another tortilla substitute. Not always, like sometimes I'll just use the regular corn or flour, but there's a lot of, um, again, the cut to carb tortillas, a lot of good taco tortilla substitutes. We'll have a lot of rice bowls, not afraid of rice at dinner. I have a Korean ground beef rice bowl that is one of my most popular on here. And then if I want something sweet at night, I'll have Lily's chocolate. It's sweetened with stevia. Um, Sometimes I'll drink the Zevia drinks. Anyway, that is how I eat. And this is my long-term strategy. It's been like this for the longest time. It's what works for me. Again, I am all about high energy in the day, coming together as a family at night. And this is what works. I never worry about food. You know, I don't stress about it. Am I aware of food? Am, am I? Yes. Like I'm aware that if I have a whole crumble cookie, I'll feel like junk. Uh, so I have a bite. I'm aware. I'm aware. There's a difference between being aware and being obsessed. So if you want the download, I will put it in the show notes. Just to close, I want to say that a mom's diet is a reflection of her love for herself and for her family. Being healthy as a parent is priceless, and what you eat matters to the health of you know both you and your family. Your kids are seeing your habits. Your kids are seeing what you eat, you know. And so I think it's important. But the Eat with Me guide is in the show notes. I'm here to cheer you on as always, and just remember that you know you don't have to follow what anybody else says is like the way to do it. Like I think that we have to honor our experience. We have to honor what kinds of foods makes our body feel good. Maybe you were listening to what I said and you're like, actually, Brooke, like that kind of food makes me feel sick. Like a smoothie makes me feel so sick and I'm starving after like awesome. I think the key is to identify what works for you. You know, maybe eggs works for you in the morning. We're all different. People have different food sensitivities. People have different food preferences. So really diving in deep, being aware, not obsessive and going, you know, what works for me? What food works for me? No food is off limits. Like enjoy your food, enjoy your life, enjoy your family and enjoy being a mom. As always, I hope you remember that sometimes you have to switch out the playbook until next time on the At Home Startup Podcast.